Hi, everyone. This is Catching Up with the Nerds with your hosts, Tom and JC, and our special guest, David. Uh, this is a podcast about two dads that are catching up on all the nerdy stuff we miss, sharing how we pass on our nerdy passions to our kids, and deep diving into nerd pop culture to make it more accessible for you. Listeners, welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hey. Yeah, Hello. How's everyone doing? All right. All right. Good. Sun cool. is out. Sun is out. Yeah. Same <laughs> so. here. Like days getting longer, so nice. Um, I know. So it's gonna be should we do soon. Yep. quick intros? Uh, David, you want to kick us off? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is David Stego. I am a podcast producer and host. Um, I host my own uh, podcast called the Grit and Grind Basketball Podcast, um, which is available every week. Um, I'm also a big fan of nerd culture, um, including a little bit of comic books, a little bit of anime, um, but mostly gaming. Big gamer over here. Um, I think that's all. You're in the right place. You've knocked at the right door. <laughs> all right, that's my turn, I guess. Um, hey, everyone. My name's Tom. I'm half, well, the other half of the Catching Up With The Nut podcast doesn't mean that myself and JC are married. That means that we work together. See that? That's the office for those who are watching. Um, <laughs> what do I like? I, <laughs> oh, no, wait, I forgot my wife. Um, you know, like when you go shopping and you forget your wife and your kids in the other aisle. It's not, it's the same thing. Anyway, um, married to a lovely woman named <laughs> Ellie. Um, we've been together for 20 years very soon. 20 years, can you imagine? Uh-huh. Uh, together, we've got two kids, one who is four, a boy, obviously, um, named Louis. Uh, who is now positively absolutely mad and he's going back to school tomorrow so you know that's great thank <laughs> you everyone uh and the other one whose name emily and she's now 11 and a half and uh she likes video games just like me uh, uh what else am i into i don't know um comics a little bit of anime but mainly video games um all consoles new consoles everything you can throw at me that can be played on a screen i play it um and i think that's it uh, and I am Juan Carlos Garay. Everybody calls me JC. I'm the other half of the podcast. Uh, I am a podcaster, which is the first time I've said that, and it feels Ooh. weird. Uh, but just uh, actually like saying you're a YouTuber. Ooh. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm here to hand Tom a shovel when he digs himself into those holes um, yes. <laughs> with his wife in particular. Um, Ellie, hope you're not listening. So yes. I also have a wife. Uh, her name is Fiorella, and we've been married for 17 years. Uh, I've got two kiddos that are 11 and 5, uh, Aiden and Arabelle. And I love my graphic novels, a good nerdy novel. Uh, I love everything that's nerdy and shows and and movies and i occasionally dabble in the video game world as well so welcome back everyone to catching up with the nerds excellent what are we talking about today tom what do inquiring minds want to know Uh, yes um so we did we did part one and part two of our black history month recommendations um we are going back into it with a part three because i thought we should do a little bit more have a little bit more uh and more content to our first two parts so that's what we're here um, for and with today, Dave, that's going to be walking us through uh, some more recommendations, uh, anything to do with movies, video games, comics, anime, you know, manga. Um, I think that's pretty much it to sum it up. Shall we get through it? Jump in. Let's jump in. Yes. All right. Um, Dave, you wanted to start or we told yeah. you to start. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> 
<laughs> frame it. Uh, yeah. Do? No, I did want to start. Um, yeah, and just to build off your intro, mm -hmm. uh, representation is important because that's how children and even adults can see themselves in the things that they watch, things that they listen to, um, and things that they're interested in. And it's important to sort of give uh, all types of people that kind of uh, inspiration to know that they can do something because they've seen someone that looks like them do something. Um, so I just wanted to highlight uh, just a myriad of different uh, Black creators and shows and books and things like that that represent um, a range of different types of Black people. Um, all interested in nerd culture, whether that's from an Afrofuturism perspective, uh, from a sci-fi perspective, um, or even just cartoons and things like that. Um, so I wanted to highlight a show that I do not watch personally, but has a ton of black representation, um, a TV show called Star Trek Discovery. Um, oh, yeah. Everyone knows Star Trek. It's a yep. huge, huge, huge brand. Um, it's had a number of films, a number of TV shows, a number of different iterations and spin-offs and spin-offs of spin-offs and all kinds of things. Um, but I wanted to highlight this first because I think one of the earlier influences in black nerd culture was, yep. um, uh, I've got her name here, uh, Nicole Nichols, who played Lieutenant Ohora on um, Star Trek, the original Star Trek. Um, back yep. in the what was that 70s and 80s I think 70s yep. into the 80s um, mm -hmm. and she actually has told the story of um, of her appearing on the show and actually she was cast and then didn't want to actually do it she wanted to back out of it because she was becoming the first to do it and she felt uncomfortable being the first person to do it um, but she was encouraged by someone because that is that's why it was important for her to do it right she she wasn't just someone on the ship she wasn't in the background she was the lieutenant um, on the ship and it was really important for her to take on that role um, and then obviously through the years there's been a number of um, black people on the in the Star Trek universe um, and we've come now to Star Trek Discovery, which is the most recent um, iteration mm -hmm. of the show. And there's a number of black people led by um, Sonika Martin-Green, um, who plays Michael Burnham, um, Oyen Oladej Oladeo, um, Ronnie Rowe, and David Ajala are all on the show. Um, so it's, it's a very, very diverse cast. It's a predominantly black cast, I believe, in terms of who's on the, on the ship. Um, and I think part of that is because it's directed by um, Olatunde Osun Sami, who was actually given the opportunity just to do some Star Trek shorts originally, I think, before being given um, the gig of having this, this show um, to direct. And yeah, it's meant that there is this big influx of black faces on a spaceship or in a spaceship, which you don't often get to see. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned Star Trek first because I, I was watching a bit of, um, um, you know, do, doing a bit of research into this episode, and I was looking at. Um, I can't remember the things. I can't remember which Star Trek it is. I don't think it's the original one or Next Generation or, um, what Voyager maybe. I think it was in Voyager. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, Star Trek Voyager. Um, so they've been, they were interviewing the um, one of the, I think the, the 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 only black character in it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find his name whilst I'm talking to you. Um, 
and he, his point was about um, how culturally um, it's a lot it was it's a lot harder I don't think it is now anymore or maybe it's less prominent nowadays but it's a lot harder for um, black kids and black adults to actually uh, admit that they are nerdy or they mm. enjoy um, nerdy content mm. I thought that was quite interesting so he also got the, got the job got the role on um, on Voyager I'm trying to find out uh, who I'm talking about <laughs> since yeah, I've seen his face I'm just um, like very, very skinny tall guy uh, yeah. I can't remember his name and he said like he he took a while before he actually accepted to you know to go on show because he was himself like he's himself a nerd like he loves everything to do with with space movies and sci-fi and stuff like that that's lavar burton right yeah is it is it uh, yeah that's next generation he plays he plays geordie um, no no i'm not it's not it's not the one i'm talking about um, oh it's not that all oh, right because then, yeah. then there was another one someone else cast as a klingon um that, yes. that that was african-american descent and i think yes. that's that maybe when you're talking about uh i, I think don't that's him. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying to find his uh whilst i'm talking to him I'm trying to find his face Wait, on this, Wikipedia right now. this is super weird and i think we should talk about this live on air because yeah in all of the images he's in it but yes. whenever you oh. go to the cast list he's not in the first like 12 characters so he's i'm talking about team team russ that's what i'm talking about if you look right. him up, he's on the cast list in, in Wikipedia. Um, so there's an interview of him. Um, you can find it on YouTube and everywhere. Okay, there he is. Two, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he, he was saying that it, it's uh, it's quite interesting that you, he also had issues with not admitting, but saying that he was going to be part of Star Trek, the Star Trek um, crew and cast. Yep. Because he was like, well, from the, like when he grew up, like people were, let you know like jc was saying it's like closet closet nerds <laughs> you mm. know it's like yeah and so it's quite it's quite interesting that and he got his role is pretty was pretty big on the on the series like yeah. a bit like um um you were mentioning before it's like you did, did you don't want to have that that second hand or second hand so you know second role type of of um, mm. minor role that's the mm. word i'm looking for um, if you're gonna be part of it, you just want to be in it. Oh my God, he was in iCarly. I'm just reading his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me why I know that. Um, so it's it's quite interesting, and 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 the the, the whole um, uh, mentality behind it, I thought, was quite interesting to sort of not be ashamed of about it, but it's, it's almost like I'm going into this role, but I don't really want people to know about it, or mm. they'll find out without yeah. me having to tell them <laughs> um, and and that's yep. that's another side of um that's another side of why it's important to have that representation right because yeah. characters in those roles can normalize black nerd culture right yeah. it, it makes it okay for there to be uh black nerds and 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 it's and it's not something that there's minor in the black community for example that, that so before we start recording up share the video with you guys on youtube and if you when you watch it you'll see it um, i think he points out that um i think among among teenagers in the u.s like 70 percent of white teenagers are playing video games but in the black communities actually 89 percent mm-hmm. so it's 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 far more prominent than you would think mm-hmm. it is to be nerdy i don't know mm-hmm. playing video games i don't know if that makes you a nerd in that description but it's only mm-hmm. you know you're, you're, you're getting towards that description yeah so it's quite it's quite interesting maybe it's you know, something that culturally is 
I, I think that is largely because and I'm just speaking off the dome mm. here I haven't done any research but I would I would think that that is largely because it is a lot cheaper to get your child a console and a couple of games for them to play for a while than it is for you to uh, take them out on holiday and to um, take them rowing and doing all of these more um, expensive um, activities that you just are less likely to afford in your situation. And then I think because over the years, I mean, it's things are definitely changing, but yeah. um, over the years as, uh, as black people have become more and more um, able to earn money, um, the culture hasn't necessarily shifted away from not doing things like archery and shooting and yeah. like all of these expensive country club activities that um that are typically considered white activities horse riding yes yes <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely it's interesting it's interesting um it's good it's good you started with starting the star trek discovery i think it's a good starting point there um i'm not i'm not massive never been into star trek so i don't i think that apart from the the original one um don't know i was always more into star wars in a way oh. but yeah. if you think about it like the what you brought up uhura with the uh, star trek mm. right uh that was 1966 at the mm. same time we we're coming off cartoons like the jetsons mm. and one of the big criticisms of the jetsons is like it it portrays a future in which there are no black people yeah. there are only white yeah. people and and even like the robot sounds like super 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 white and and it's it's kind of shocking, right? That it's like it, you'd never think of it as that that has meaning, but the fact that portraying a future without diversity does have an impact. It, it really does because it's like when we talk about future, a lot of times places like Jetsons, we talk about a utopia where things are better. And if things are better and they don't include color, that can't be good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's where that's a nice tie into like the Hura comment um, because uh, she was also very hesitant because her of her role. In the in Star Trek, mm-hmm. um, because while she was one of she was she was regularly on camera in the set, at the end of the day she was doing a lot of connecting calls. Like mm-hmm. that was in, in, in the early episodes, that was it, and that's some of the things that really turned her off as well. Because to your mm-hmm. point as well, she didn't want to carry the mantle of being that first person, but also it's like the role mm-hmm. didn't feel as substantial. And Martin Luther King actually called her, mm-hmm. uh, and and he was one of the ones that actually said like, "You need to do this uh, because to your point, it was like." The representation matters even if the mm. role isn't what we want it to be at least mm. we're portrayed somehow it, it and she stuck with it because of that yeah mm. it, it it wasn't like a role where it was like one of the people that goes down to like mars or whatever with captain kirk and mm. is wearing a red shirt and yeah now they're gonna get killed it's like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't that role like you know she was ongoing cast for the foreseeable yeah. future and it still meant something even though it was underwritten mm. and then eventually you see like every star trek show you see how representation gradually steps up and steps up. Like if you go on to like Jordy afterwards and, and Next Frontier, mm. um, you can see that that character has a much bigger role than Uhura ever had. And you keep mm. graduating until you end up with the kind of the current version of Star mm. Trek. And to the point where it's like, all right, no, that that is what a future should look like. It should be diverse and represented in all ways. So yeah, no, I think Star Trek did a lot given, given its timing where it, it, it didn't need to do that at that time. It began to, at least began to take steps into representation. Yeah. yeah you have to think also the, the, the space race that was going on between the US and, and Russia. It's like, 
at the time, both countries were predominantly white and like all the faces you'll see um, on the news with, well, either with the moon landing or Mm. just going into space, Mm. the the vast majority of people involved were white. So having somebody who is black in space, I think is also something that is like, um, it's, it's not something you would picture because it's not something that as a, um, you know, the, the, the setup of it that you've, you've been used to watch on the news or, or whatever um, source of information you would get is, is like, well, look, it's a bunch of white people going to space. <laughs> it's like, well, suddenly you got a, somebody with, with dark skin in space. And you'd be like, huh. This, and, and it might be weird what I said. Like, what I'm saying is that it's, I remember growing up and, being, and watching, a, again, the old um, Star Trek, the original ones, and he actually, I, it, being a kid, I think I, I, I sort of remember the first time I saw I saw her on the screen. I was like, "Huh, there's mm. a black lady in the in, in the show." Like, you know, Captain <laughs> Kirk is white. Everybody else is white. Yeah, and it it sort of stood out to me, and it was it was um, it was definitely one of those moments that I, I still remember to this day. And it's it's quite, and the the fact that this jumped out to me, um, is a reminder why to why representation is important because mm. like. Yeah. Why should he jump out to me? Mm-hmm. He shouldn't. Should be a normal thing. Should be like, oh, another yeah. character. But no, no. And I clearly remember that. It's it's um, again very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to start somewhere. And it's it's funny you bring up the like NASA and the um, the Russian Russian space station operations and all of that mm-hmm. because we had the film Hidden Figures um, last decade where they actually highlighted that there were black people yeah, <laughs> involved yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's just that they were never brought to the forefront their stories weren't told and um i think this is uh, a big part of the issue it's that there has been black people involved in all of these things at every turn it's just that they're never given the spotlight they're never given their stories are never told they're never um they're never put front and center so it's only once they're put front and center that we can then also shine a light on the people behind the scenes that have made these things happen. Um, and hopefully we do some of that in this episode. And it's, it's, I was sort of equated with, um, you know, like if, if you want to go back to a completely different topic, but going back to the like World War One and Two, the, the, the World War efforts, and it's like only very, not only recently, but like the last, 20, 30 years when it's been talked about the, the role of women um, behind the, the, the recovery effort and all that stuff. It's like, if if women didn't pull together to make sure that, you know, all the husbands and everybody was shipped out to fight those wars, but then it's like, well, they're never portrayed in the movies. Like, they're just like, it, it, you remember like old war movies would be stay like, at home. stay at home, look after the kids. But like, damn, man, they had to, they actually, you know, they were <laughs> building weapons back at home, the, doing their parts also. So it's the same sort of thing. It was like, well, it's not as interesting as guys shooting guns and exploding buildings and stuff like that. So it's it's the conveniency of it is like, well, we don't really want to know about it. But then actually those stories also matter because without one, you don't have the other, you know. <laughs> you bring that up. We don't need to uh, harp on about it for too long, yeah. but there was it was a world war like people seem to forget that it was a world war like yep. a lot of the uh especially french um troops mm-hmm. and people involved from in the french army were from the Africa. countries that they colonized in africa yeah. and the same was true of the the british army um yeah. 
the countries that were colonized there. And it's funny because you you don't think about the significance of those things if you know about them already. And being the age that I am, uh, 33, um, I didn't bat an eyelid when I knew about Lieutenant Uhura because Star Trek Next Generation was out and then Voyager followed it and then the mm-hmm. next one came and each one always had some pretty strong black characters in them. Um, and I never really thought that my dad was watching these shows because of that, but I think that was a large part of why he found them interesting. Um, mm. He also happens to be someone who fought in the Second World War. So I knew, I've oh, always yeah. known that Black people, um, Ghana, yeah. people from Ghana, people from the Gambia, yeah. um, were heavily involved in World War II. Um, yeah. as, as I grew up, I learned the significance of India's efforts. Like Britain couldn't have done anything they did without um, the support and help they got from India. Um, and all of that was completely um, pushed to the back and yeah. almost hidden by the stories that get told when you're reading, learning about it in yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the the Tuskegee Airmen, right? Uh, we we're, we're only seeing those stories come up very recently, uh, but that's like one of the most efficient flying crews in the in the U.S. Air Force during World War II were the Tuskegee Airmen, and they kept sending them to missions that were clearly missions they should not have come out of, and yet they did. They kept coming back, coming back, coming back, um, and and that's just kind of tip of the iceberg. There's so many other stories lying behind below that that we just don't get to see because it's not it's not the white savior story, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and that's what makes a difference. So yeah, no, uh, swinging it back to like Star Trek. Mm. That's the, one of the things that I also find very interesting is that it's, it's a loved piece of IP. Uh, mm. What I mean is like, it's, it's something that people are super nerdy about Huge, and it yeah. already has been established as mm. it's this, right? Mm. And if you compare that to like the Spider-Man like change to Miles Morales mm. and all oh, the, 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 I mean, just horrible comments that came off the back of that. It's actually, and, and I don't know, maybe Star Trek fans haven't embraced it as much as, as, as I want to think they have, but I feel like in that world, like diversity has been embraced a lot more than with other IP because we have the Star Wars controversy for damn sure. Mm. Um, and we're seeing it in, in Marvel and so forth. And I just feel like they got started earlier and hence mm. the transition to get to a place where we get Star Trek discovery has been more seamless rather than Absolutely. controversial. Yeah, absolutely. That's possible. That's possible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it it would make sense. That's the yeah. case. Yeah. It would make sense. Yeah. Cool. Right. On to, um, on to the next one. On to the next one. Do you want to carry on, Dave, or should I go with one of mine? Or what do you want uh, to do? let me see what else I've got for TV. <laughs> Is that all I've got? Um, that was the big one I wanted to do for TV. I don't know if you want to go off. Well, I can. I can area. I, I can pivot to uh, my favorite topic, which is video games. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that the way I approached it, I was I wanted to see if there were any good games with strong black leads in it. Um, mm. And I think I think like the first one that came came to to me was like the most recent um, example, which was and we mentioned it before, uh, JC Miles Morales, um, mm-hmm. which is like well, okay, yeah, that's a bit of a an obvious one. Uh, granted, it's a great game, <laughs> and again, mm. it's it's got it's got a dual representation in it because obviously the the his father being black and the mom being from Puerto Rico, right? Is it Puerto mm-hmm. Rico? I was very confused. Yeah, Puerto yeah. Rico. Um, so that's got that's got a dual um, thing. That's actually quite a 
talking to my kids because you know obviously Ellie being Spanish it's like they also have the dual um, sort of citizenship if you will and it's quite it's quite interesting when they see the mum speaking Spanish in either the uh, the TV series or in the game when I'm playing it it's like oh look it's like us you know sort of sort of uh, vibe so they, they can identify to that one in a way um, but yeah it's that, that was the first big one but then I, I went into a few a few other examples um, so my, my list of recommendations slash games some of them are the main characters some of them are just I, I thought they have a, a, a good assemble of, 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 of black characters mm-hmm. I think that the one I'll talk about now is Dave Jam Vendetta which was like a, a quite interesting mix <laughs> um, and you, you know you got all the um, the main rappers from the 90s and early 2000 you know like mm-hmm. uh, Ludacris and Wut- I think Wu-Tang was in there was it weren't they? I can't remember uh, if they were Redman but... definitely was I'm yeah. not sure if yeah, I don't think the whole Wu Tang clan was signed to Def Jam. I'm not sure. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. What? I don't know what Def Jam Vendetta is, and now I'm oh. fascinated. What is oh, this? You Sorry, missed out. Actually, that, that's true. That's very true, JC. I forgot. It, I should have mentioned it. Is it like it is. Mortal Kombat with like. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a wrestling, it's, it's a pro wrestling game. Um, yes and oh. i think it was it was using the same engine than the wrestling games the, um yeah um no mercy and no which mercy. one was before it uh oh uh wrestlemania 2000 yes oh, wrestlemania 2000 yeah. yeah um so it got it got it got um released on ps2 and gamecube so it was it would have been early 2000 yeah uh, i mean you look that up 2003 that's when it came out yeah um there you go here's the list got a few names <laughs> <laughs> dmx method man red man ludicrous uh capone scarface ghostface killer <sighs> joe Biden. <laughs> god mm. uh oh christine christina million yeah she yeah, was a she manager a or something like she was yeah. part of the story Oh, she's in the store. Angel as Angel. Yeah, she's mm. in the store. Um, and then there's a bunch of fighters in there also. But um, so it's it it was quite interesting. So it's one of the first games that um because I'm not massively into wrestling, but that one got me into um enjoying the sports and uh, the fine scene fightings were quite funny, you know. They they had little uh, uh sentences they will shout at their at their mm. opponent. <laughs> that was quite cool. Um but yeah, it's 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 interesting. But again, if if I I'll try to put a description in in um, or a link to the video I'm referring to now. But um, the video I watched, which was um, the history of black video game characters, I'll I'll put the link in the description somewhere. Um, they the guy is really showing that the, the evolution of represent the how black characters were represented in video games, which was like well, okay, sports game boom basketball like us there it's like well there you go there was or usually in the basketball game or in the boxing game or they would be in in a fighting game and that's what Dave Jambonetta is in there um and it took a while before that sort of representation that sort of um way of showing how a, a black dude would be in a video game they can be something else than just this big muscly dude with a deep voice would be like three feet higher than you are mm. um you know just carrying be there you know like gears of war there's a bunch of um there's there's a couple of black characters in there if you guys have played that on the xbox um and it's just a shooting game and it's like literally the guys like this one main character like one big character who's black is there is like he's twice the size of the main characters like in height and in 
<laughs> in terms of muscles and it's just in there just to break down walls literally and mess shit up you know so it's yeah. it's quite it's quite interesting like he, he's he's talking so, parts are, are pretty basic and you're like okay mm-hmm. cool um but now there's an evolution towards characters that are a bit more that you know that have more meaning that are more meaningful that have deeper um or better more interesting things to say so that's taking me to the next one which is lee everett from the walking dead um season one um which is a telltale game series i don't know if you guys ever played that um i'm familiar with it i haven't played it so telltale is like it's 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 a vid it's i call it a um it? how can you how can you say that it's a video game series so it's 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 broken up in seasons and those seasons are broken down oh. in episodes so it's the same it's like it's like watching a series but with a nice graphic style um, right. and i think the company is dead now but they don't they don't make those games but they, they, ha- it's they been, have deep... it's been resurrected yeah oh, it's been resurrected. someone someone bought them um it was a really complicated situation basically um because they let the licenses on their games expire so they couldn't actually make any more walking dead games or any more batman games they they tend to stick they tended to stick to licenses but um yeah it's been resurrected to cut they they had a a lot a lot of licenses around they did a lot of expensive game using licenses um so what you do is you would you would purchase an episode or you know part of the of the mm. game and you go through it and obviously it's like watching an episode of walking dead and you're mm. presented with a bunch of different scenarios and then depending on the answers you provide the option you go for um you progress in different directions towards a story sort of well that's the idea behind it but usually you mm. get to the same end and everybody else you take a different route but you get there um anyway so the the um the main character of season one is lee everett who is uh, uh, this black guy that has to do what everyone else does in walking dead which is get, getting from a to b trying to get killed by a zombie um yep. and i think he's got he's got um how was the name of the of the actress like he's looking after this child i think it's either clementine i think that's her name mm. um and who is also i think she's mixed race mm. Or the way, at least the, the way she's portrayed in it. So it's, it she, well, she's adopted by him. Um, so that, that was, I think to me, the first main character that that was black that I could see was like, wow, for once it's not this, either the athletic dude type, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a sportsman. He's not a, mm-hmm. he's not a, a guy that's going to be there and just shooting guns, for example. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a, a different aspect to the guy. Um, which now leads me to another guy who's sort of uh, using his brains and techniques um, from the game Watch Dogs 2, Marcus Holloway. Mm. So I, I think you've played that one. I think Dave, if I remember, didn't we talk you know about what? Watch Dogs 2? No, that's the, I haven't played that one. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I haven't played that play? one. No. Uh, I had the first, first one, one mm. um, and I was very close to getting the third one. But no, that, that one I didn't get around third to. Third one's playing. cool. The one's cool, um, but walking, walk, um, walking dog, <laughs> walking dog, bloody hell, um, watch dogs, <laughs> walking dog, it's confusing to me. Uh, in watch dogs, you, you, it's, um, it's, I think it's, I can't remember. The second one is also set in the future or in the present. I think the third one is in the future. It's, it's near, very, very it's near, near, very near San future, Francisco. San Francisco, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're trying to join. So Marcus is trying to join this uh, group of hackers. Uh, who are there to disrupt either the government? I can't remember that this you know in in, in in number two. It's not really. I've not 
finished it. That's why mm. I've, I've played the, through it, but not completed it. It's, part of, it's on my list of things to finish again. <laughs> um, but again, it's showing you another aspect, which is a black nerd dude. And he's got a brain. That's his main, you know, he's got the, 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 the physicality to him because in, in, in all watchdog films, you got to run around and, you know, you know, get yourself through tiny places, also climb a couple of buildings and get to um, inside a building. So it, it requires physicality, but his main attribute is his brain, his skills. And also I thought that was pretty cool. That it's like, he's this guy who's like, he's super cool. His character is very well done. But he's got a brain, you know, that's how he's going to get places. That's how he's going to take down the government or whatever he's chasing in these days. Um, and I think that that's a great evolution to see that. Um, trying to think what else he does in there. But yeah, if, 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 if that's the sort of character you want to, you want to see, that's, that's a great game to get into. Watch Dogs 2 is, it's, it's great. So I'm going to my list. I'm reading at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, with, with that, um, it's, that's one of my favorite uh types of genre like i love stuff i love games where you can hack things and play stealthily um and solve whatever the issue is without ever hurting anyone or attacking anyone like i love stuff like that and um the watchdogs games uh are a really good example of doing that and in making uh it wasn't just the fact that it was a black protagonist the first Mm. watchdogs game had a lot of backlash because the main character um people felt was a bit of a wet blanket yes they didn't they didn't want to root for him um he seemed kind of one-dimensional it's basically a revenge um a revenge storyline yeah and yeah you go through and people just didn't feel like the character was very likable so what they actually did with the second game was they chose um, Ryan Holloway, who's like a charismatic young black man um, who ends up joining a crew of hackers who are also all young. So the story in um, Watch Dogs 2 is actually much more upbeat and much more fun and a bit more whimsical. But I think with that, what they tried to do was just make the characters a bit more likable. Um, some people didn't like the change to uh, sort of like common culture, millennial culture um, with mm-hmm. like certain catchphrases and things like that. But they were it was an active attempt to be a bit cooler, a bit younger um, and a bit more relatable with the characters. And it's very interesting that they would both tie being more relatable and more cool to a black protagonist yeah the cool thing we know the 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 black people are cool thing that's been a trope since the (laughs) since the 60s and 70s um but the fact that they wanted a more relatable character and went with a character who is black is a huge step forward um not just for video games but for media in general yeah Yeah. so then watchdogs it so you mentioned it's like what's the what's the purpose of the game then like what what are you trying to accomplish in it there's always i, I can never remember the exact names i know there's an organization called dead sec that's um, yep. and then there's another organized is dead sec are the good guys they're the good guys it's i think never it's it's supposed to be that they're they're supposed to be the good guys but it's always very yeah but basically <laughs> the government has started to use surveillance and things like that to um 
to help control society and the way society works so you come in as hackers to sort of disrupt um the sort of big brother that the government has become and normally there'll be another protagonist who's doing some other foul stuff using the surveillance to to keep a lid on it and keep it in the dark basically and you're trying to bring it to the light as as hackers so you go and infiltrate places and find out information to help um show the people what this organization is using the government's surveillance systems to do yeah. so the, the um in watchdogs 3 which i've um started playing also um they've moved the action from san francisco to london um and then if you want to talk about representation in that game that 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 you can't be more representative than, than that because it literally your the, the to go quickly through the plot it's um i think the end of watchdogs 2 something happened dead sec gets sort of dismantled or mm-hmm. it's the beginning of the end of dead sec mm-hmm. uh, and then operations move to london um where a bunch of terrorist attack happen happen and they uh, the government gets given no they give full power to a private company to mm-hmm. Um, be given access to all of the database for every single person in the UK. Um, so that means they can spy on everyone. And so obviously the, it, it plays a lot on uh, a bunch of people saying, yeah, that's awesome. We'll be safe. But then there's a bunch of people that are like, yeah, too much, you know, invading too much of my privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no more dead sex. So there's only a bunch of people around that are like even more underground, that underground. Uh, and your main character is trying to join them. But then also, Part of you trying to join the new DeadSec, um, you're asked to recruit more people. So that's what we're talking about representation is literally you can recruit anyone you want that's walking on the street. They can be that 75-year-old grandmother is there. It can be a bunch of kids. And they all have the different attributes and they can all bring a different way of playing the game. Um, so when I started playing, I was with this Indian guy that was trying to to get revenge on um, on, on the government because um, they like, he he got laid off and the job. Well, you know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that. So it, this one is quite interesting. There's a different take on. It's not um, just that one character you, you you're using, um, but it's it's pretty much anyone. So if you want to do a an army of you know uh, of whoever you want to be um, joining you know it's 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 this one is really great in terms of people you bring in and who you can play with so it's quite it's quite interesting but again yeah, watchdog is watchdog there's got a lot of criticism from a lot of people yeah. like uh, probably not the best game ever but it's a great game it's fun I think you like if you if you like hacking games and stuff like that, it's it's you can do whatever you want you can completely disregard the plot and go around the city and just yeah. hack people just and mess with cars them. and all <laughs> sorts of nonsense yeah oh really yeah. Is, is it a little bit like playing like you're mr robot uh yeah yeah actually there's a lot of com- comparison Maybe between the two so, yeah. Lo- uh, yeah i'd be you, into you that the same thing yeah <laughs> i love that show so much okay cool you, you've got a ps4 right no no coming but you, yeah you, ps4 yeah, so you can you can yeah, get yourself you watchdog one and two on there actually no three three, even, three. they're all there, there. yeah yeah and they, they like one and two will be quite inexpensive. Even the yeah. third one, they're trying to the move units so that you'll you'll be able to yeah. get it for quite cheap. For, for for all the parents out there, what what kid level would this kind of fall into? Obviously, adult level, ah, but I think you... it's roughly a fifteen. I think yeah, I think yeah. language but... and violence. Okay. It's more lang- uh, it has guns. 
Yeah. You know? I mean, c- compared to like a Grand Theft Auto, for example, no, is no, it no, no. S- several levels below that or just slightly? It, it's definitely lower in tone, um, yep. but there is, I mean, there's access to guns. So it's yep. uh, in terms yep. of violence, there's no prostitution or anything like that, no. like there is yep. in, in GTA. I, I think GTA, GTA is, is, is also, there's a lot of second, third degree humor in there that you have to mm-hmm. be experienced in life to understand what they're referring to. So um, <laughs> it's, it's not really, it's none of that in Watch Dogs. I think it's, it's, okay. it's not the same sort of humor. Um, pivoting into cool. GTA 5. <laughs> actually, ah. um, which was one of my favorite game of all time because it was of YOLO. Um, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I think I finished with that and uh, a couple of mentions, but um, Franklin Clinton, uh, who is the 33% of the, well, one third of the yeah. characters you can play in that game. Um, actually, he starts, so GTA 5 again, I don't know if we need to introduce that game. It's quite, the, the GTA series quite, is quite big. It's highly, um, how, what's the word we should use? Highly controversial oh, yeah. um, series of video games. Actually, you came back in the news in, in the States at the moment. One of your- Again? Senator, what do you do now? Yeah. Apparently in Chicago, there's, a bit of, there's an uptake in um, carjacking. And so one of your senators is like, oh, we need to ban GTA 5 because apparently <laughs> that's the reason why people are carjacking people. 10 years ago. Yep. Oh my God, we're still having that conversation. Wow. But that, that could be that could be a subject for another podcast. Um, oh God, yeah. Anyway, um, so Franklin Clinton, he's, he's your, again, being GTA, he's your typical uh, gang member who is trying to get out of it. Uh, and he starts off as this really, um, not dodgy, it's not the word I want to use. Like, well, he's just a gang member and you're like, yeah, not really sympathetic towards him. But then the more you play, the more he's getting out of, trying to get out of it and trying to get, you know, trying to make his money and get out of that life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, he's, I, I think he's one of the coolest characters I've ever played, <laughs> to be honest. Like, you, you can pick, um, pick and choose when you want to go back to every single character so at any moment you can just give up on your character and even if you're in the middle of a mission you can go hey I've enough of Franklin I'm just going to go back to uh, Michael the other guy mm-hmm. I spent most of my time playing Franklin <laughs> to be honest after this uh, he was quite he was quite I, th- I preferred his, to- his story talk to me I don't know like the, the other dude who's uh, completely deranged I can't remember his name the third character mm-hmm. yeah. um, is I'm like, yeah, can't really relate to that. <laughs> mm. And then the other guy, Michael, who's like this rich guy who's retired that was supposed to be dead, um, or in effect his own death. Um, also, I'm like, ah, can't really relate to that. But for some reason, <laughs> uh, Franklin, so, the way he was, yeah. So on a general point, though, like for example, like having a black character being a protagonist in GT five, sorry, GTA five. Um, it's kind of like showing up in a Star Wars movie, right? It's like mm-hmm. like Grand Theft Auto is just sort of most like wa- like played games in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we consider this representation to be a positive representation to move things forward for 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 basically black characters within video games? I I find that to be an interesting question. I also find mm-hmm. it interesting that Tom started with GTA Five and didn't make reference to GTA San Andreas. 3 yeah yeah um, yeah because GTA 3, GTA 3 it's, 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 sorry it's, it's within GTA that, San Andreas it's not called San Andreas 3. yeah yeah it's, it's it's within that time period when I wasn't uh, I sort of dipped out of video game a little bit mm. and I really, <gasps> uh, yeah there's there was one period like the PlayStation 2 era 
the dark ages yeah the dark <laughs> ages it's it's not really where um i sort of i had other interests at the time so i wasn't really playing what <laughs> you had a life <laughs> no no tom tom come back come back yeah, from yeah, the edge buddy to, yeah no I had to, I had to, it's crazy times um but yeah, but yeah i agree that um it's it's um it's not really where i started with the gta so like, i started like the, the first one i played was on ps1 you know with the top down view yeah um that was absolutely mad but like gta san andreas is one that i skipped not by design it's just, just it just happened. happened yeah yeah okay um yeah and gta san andreas was a mm-hmm. massive deal uh at my school uh amongst the uh the black kids in my in my year um or up and down the whole school really um because that uh in that um game the protagonist CJ. was black the yep. <laughs> the enemies were black the whole neighborhood was black there was very few actual white characters in the entire mm-hmm. game and it uh it it was it was good in the sense that borrowed from hip-hop culture and black culture and things like that um and as much as it represented the a lot of the negative sides of those things um it was good to sort of see that side of i don't know it's it's weird i want to say that side of crime almost like you you go through history right and there's um, a lot of notorious people like if we're talking about Chicago there's like Al Capone and yep. um, you go through and there's like you look at the film The Godfather for example right and it shows yep. the familial it shows the human aspects yep. of really shady crime families in um, in Italy and in uh, in America um, you then have the Sopranos, right? Again, a, a, a really excellent piece of media, well-told yep. stories that um, humanize um, people who are ultimately criminals and bad people, yep. and we shouldn't yep. be <laughs> relating to them in any Correct. way. In in some sense, GTA San Andreas did that for a generation of of black people in, yeah. um, but, but throughout the world because of how popular it was. Um, I think I think I think that that was explained again in the video, which I I put a link to. Um, that referring, he, the way he explained it was, um, that there's because San Andreas and Def Jam Vendetta sort of they came out around the same period, it was like two thousand and three, yeah. two thousand and four, right? Yeah. Um, the, what you referred to before with black characters is just like it's a a face that you've got on the screen, right? Or it's mm. just another character. Mm. What you've got in those two games in particular is this, it's a culture that is now being mm. introduced. And represented. Um, and represented. So yeah. in Vendetta, it's the hip hop culture that goes in there. Mm. In San Andreas, you've got, so we've got black characters, black culture with, within the world of violence, mm. um, you know, drugs, gang banging and all that stuff. Yeah. Hip hop. Mm. Then also the stories, um, I never, I never really played it. I don't know. I think if if he turns it around, or if he's what's what's his. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure in that sense because I didn't have a, a PlayStation at the time. But um, mm. the the other side that I'm glad was portrayed in that is the humor. Yeah. Because yeah. and also that yeah. 
black humor is yeah. different to other types of humor. I mean, all cultures have their own types of humor. Um, but like GTA is a series that once they went 3D was kind of known for being quite funny as much as it's yep. got all of this violence and stuff like that. They always have jokes and stuff in the stories. Um, GTA 4 to a lesser extent outside of the DLC, which is wacky. Um, yes. But that was something that people complained about, that the story wasn't very funny. Whereas San Andreas has some very, very funny elements to it. Um, and every GTA after four as well, they like to keep humor um, as a big part of the, the storyline. And it, it was like, I mean, Vice City and the other, the others in the series, GTA three and stuff, they were funny, but they were white funny. And yep. San Andreas was black funny. And it's good to yep. see that portrayed um, in, a, in a game as well, or in any kind of medium. Yes, the, the introduction of a cultural representation. I think that's mm. why it was important in that one. Yeah. Um, and, yep. and looking at that time frame as well, it's, it's interesting you guys bring up this happened, you said 2003, 2004. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because in 2007, I was just looking it up right now, uh, as you guys were talking about it, what first thing came to my mind was American Gangster, the movie. With Denzel mm -hmm. Washington, right? Oh, yeah. Whereas, like to your point, it's it, it's like it takes the the well, not the Sopranos approach, but it's like it looks at like the mob through mm -hmm. the lens of a black man, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it, it tells that story. To your point, it's like people that we should not connect to necessarily, but mm -hmm. those stories sometimes need to be told. Yeah. And if they're going to be told, at least you might as well look at it through every angle because that story does play out through an Asian angle, a black angle, Latino angle, like white angle, Absolutely. like Italian, yeah. blah blah. It's like it's mm -hmm. all there, right? Um, so yeah, no, it's interesting the timing of that, that, that when those games came out and I wonder how much that influenced American Gangster because that, that, that's Ridley Scott, right? It's a huge director attached to that movie. Yeah. And I'm curious, like how much those played off each other. Um, yeah. And, but, it, uh, and it means that the, um, like we were saying about Black Panther in the last episode, the, it, it transcends a black audience when yeah. you put a story like that in GTA, everyone's going to play it. It doesn't yes. matter who you are. Everyone Correct. is going to play it. Um, when you put Ridley Scott as the director of the film, everyone's going to watch it. It doesn't Catch. matter who you are. Um, and it's important that these stories are able to transcend um, just race because you yes. can have the black film for the black audience and that will do what it's supposed to do in that for that culture. But in order for diversity to grow you need to have these stories that transcend just that audience that's true yep agreed um i don't know where to move on from that i just i'm just gonna drop um a couple of the games that i had on my list um but actually no just just one more well there's two there's two there's even older than what we just mentioned gta and san andreas and, and all of that um there was the michael jordan in windy city you know michael jordan was a massive um obviously sporting figure still is to this day um i think they actually apart from being um, a video game with a black lead it's uh one of the most recognizable black lead in history um you know that's crossed over so many different um eras in in, in life you know business movies um music really michael jordan that had anything to do with music not really uh, it's been in a music video but not nah, not mm. michael jackson mm. yeah well, I'm not so like maybe producing something or you know being being behind something. No, 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 no. not really. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so Ma Michael Jordan, oh. Windy City, though. Yep. 
There is one kind of cool story about Michael Jordan. Um, Everything when, about Michael Jordan is cool. Go on. But, but no, but uh, when Spike Lee was trying to make um, it wasn't do the right thing. It oh it um thing? No, no, it's the it one with really... Denzel and Ray Allen. Yes, 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 yes. Um, well, he got he game. Got, he got he game. Got game. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, and and someone could quite possibly correct me on this, but there's a big spike. No, actually, no, no, totally lie. When Spike <laughs> Lee is looking for funding for Malcolm X. So oh. Spike Lee goes to a studio and I think it was Warner Brothers or something. It says, I want to make Malcolm X. And he's coming off of do the right thing. I think mm-hmm. like Crooklyn had come up or she's got to have it. Like he's, he's, he's it, right? He's like the big indie director. And he goes to the studio. He's like, I'm making this movie. And then he comes up with like a four hour cut of the movie. Have you ever seen it? It's a, it's a super long movie, right? Um, uh, Malcolm X. Yeah. And the studio goes like, dude, we're not doing this. Like we're, we're, you have to cut it down to an hour and a half. He's like, I can't tell a story an hour and a half. Mm. And they went back and forth. And he's like, okay, I'm taking my movie with me. And mm. he takes the movie, but he loses all his funding. And mm. so he gets on the phone. He starts calling all his buddies. He's like, mm. calling, 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 calling. And, and he, he gets a bunch of people to start to contribute money. One of them being Michael Jackson. Whoa. Right. Uh, but he also calls Michael Jordan and he calls Magic Johnson. With the time, like they're printing money, basically, right? Right around the kind of the early nineties, um, and and apparently the story goes that he starts getting funding for all of them. He's very close to be able to have the movie fully funded, and then he calls Michael. And of course, they did the commercials together and all that stuff. And he's like, yep. "Dude, so can you contribute to the movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, but it depends how much did Magic give." And he's like, <laughs> "Well, he kind of gave this amount." He's like, "Double it." So oh, wow. it's like, it just shows that like MJ <laughs> was always in it to win, man. And he's like, no, I want to be your top contributor. Like, tell me what's the top and I'll, I'll, I'll go over. Mm. And, and that's how Malcolm X gets made. If, if wow. it's not for Damn. all those guys pulling together. So no, MJ has been a little bit involved in some of that stuff. Okay. Damn, Malcolm X is, I remember going to the cinema to see it. And it's the first, first time ever that I went to, to a movie in the cinema and I, there was a break in the middle. I remember growing up, that yeah. shocked me. Didn't yeah. I? All right, break time because this is so freaking long. Go yeah, on. it's a long. <laughs> I just rewatched it last year. Man, that still holds up so well. It's I need to get I need to get back into it. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, she I forgot where I was. Uh, Michael Windy Jordan. City. Yeah, so Winnie City again. That's again. We were talking yeah. about Super Nintendo times. I think he only came out on Super Nintendo, not on Mega Drive. I can't remember. It's it's awesome. It's a platformer game. Um, if you can find it somewhere on eBay, go get it because it's 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 legit. Uh, and I put on my dark, I put not Shaq Fu. If anyone knows about Shaq Fu, you know what I'm oh talking about. It's that's a third and a half. So, <laughs> representation, um, though. But, yeah. I know, that's about to say. Like, it, <laughs> counts, though, but... it counts, but it's on the border being a bad idea. <laughs> it's like a lot of like the stuff that Shaq did during that. It time. exists. Yeah. It exists. And that's what matters, right? But uh, And it got, it got remastered. It got re released. It got remade uh, last, last year, year. I think, or two years ago. Yeah. Last year. No, last uh, year, I think. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's yeah. important to note actually that um there is a, a widely believed um theory that you're not you haven't truly made it um as like black people creating things mm-hmm. in general um until you're allowed to make crappy stuff right <laughs> like yeah white famous white directors famous white filmmakers mm-hmm. famous white game makers like it doesn't matter yeah. what the genre is you're allowed to make crap yeah, and get sure. away with it 
and yeah, yeah, and or actors, or whatever. You're allowed to make crap and get away with it. There's a growing belief that we wouldn't have made it as black creators until we can just make crap. And, and it's just, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. It gets made. Yeah. I come to you with a crappy idea, a crappy script, a crappy game concept. It gets made and we lose money and we move on and I just yeah. make something great next time. Right? Yeah. But that's how yeah. usually it works in the creative world, right? You got to break eggs to make a nice omelet. Yep. Well, meter man walks so that Miles Morales can <laughs> swing. <laughs> it's like something like that. Something yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That works. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I got like this Michael Jordan reference, man. I've got to show this to my wife because because she she works for Jordan, and oh, yeah. and I'm curious if they even know about this. Well, I'm sure someone does, <laughs> but I'm like, do. I had I have I never I heard don't of think this. I had heard of it, and and this it's funny that he has his own here. game because he famously never let himself be in computer games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, well, NBA sure, computer games. Look, I'm sure. I'm sure he's seen that. Um, what was the other one? Magic versus versus Bird that came out in the nineties. <gasps> it's like he must have seen that. He went, ah, there's a Magic and Bird game. Nah, I gotta have my own game. Gotta be in it. So, mm-hmm. pretty sure that was a reaction thing from Jordan. Dude, I, I played the shit out of that game, the Magic yeah, and Bird too. game. I paid so much because it was the closest we had to something that looked legit. Because <laughs> Double Dribble was good and all, but come on now, it's like yeah, th- this was next level. Like the three point <laughs> shootout moment. Oh, yes, I used to love that. So good. You got the slam dunk. Don't get me started on that show. I could go on for an entire episode. It's another episode, Sorry, on that game. <laughs> I um, just right. dated myself so much. <laughs> <laughs> you guys a little bit. We know your age now. This is uh, the third episode of our, our Black History Month series. Uh, we will be back for a fourth episode to talk about Afrofuturism. So stay tuned. And in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, follow us, uh, go to Instagram, do all the things where Tom is waiting for you to show up. Then he's going to say, like me, yeah. please, so that we can like get more please. likes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thank you everyone for, for tuning in. And thank you very much for Dave for showing up again and helping us out with this series. It's awesome to have like a third person here to talk about this and yep. to just basically, so we can like just go come at it from so many different perspectives. So thank you for joining, dude. You're welcome. Yeah. And I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please like, share, and subscribe. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Wakanda forever. <laughs>